With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. If this was a game and Tom Brady was playing quarterback, would Belichick have called this game? There's no way. And, and, and Brady doesn't throw the football. He throws the ball three times in a game. That never happens. Now, oh, how Brady comes off the field and says, though. if you don't need me, I'm leaving. And he just gives a wave. And he, you know, he, he points to Brian Hoyer and just gives him the thumb. Go in, man. They don't need me tonight. Go ahead. You go in and hand the football off. He would never have done this with Tom Brady. Never. Now, granted, yes, Tom Brady is a lot better than Mac Jones. But still, this is not just we threw the football ten times. This is we threw the football three bleeping times. He would have never done this with Brady. 
right? This is this this is a, this is a big part of it to show. I don't need a quarterback to win. We just need my system on defense. My offensive system is executed by Josh McDaniels, and that's how we need to win games. And I can win games like this. Look, this is really coming out. If you want to see what Belichick versus Brady really is, because they're they're fighting with each other. They're still battling each other this time from you know from from fifteen hundred miles apart. This is shaking out just like Shaq versus Kobe when Shaq left the Lakers, right? They got along to win with the Lakers, right? Shaq and Kobe got along to win, but you know they didn't like each other. But they knew the partnership worked. The Lakers went back-to-back-to-back titles. But eventually, all right, I'm chafing a little bit. I don't want to have to play with Kobe. I want more money. You know what? And I'm going to leave. And Shaq left, and it was, let's fight to see who wins first. Shaq is Brady, right? Shaq goes to the Heat. They're more ready to win. They go, and he wins the the first battle, right? He wins the NBA title the next year with Dwayne Wade. Hey, it's Shaq's guy, right? That's Shaq. Shaq is Tom Brady. Kobe is Belichick. Okay, I'm still young. I have a few more years left in me than you do, Shaq, physically in this league. And clearly, Belichick has more years being a head coach than Brady will as a quarterback. As many years as Brady wants to play, Belichick will have more years coaching than Brady will have playing. So I take the longer view. So we tank last year. We don't even draft players who can help us last year. We're going to sign Cam Newton to be our quarterback. And that's how we're going to go. We're not even going to try to compete. It's a bad year for us. And still, they won seven games. Right? It was still a really good season for them. But now here's something new. All right, now you really think that that last year was something? Now I'm coming after you because I'm going to go draft a rookie quarterback that everybody is going to love. They're going to think he's you, and it's going to be another love fest, and I'm going to show you that I can win with a rookie quarterback doing exactly what I want him to do. We're not going to take the – we're not going to throw the football a ton. He's going to throw sometimes 20 times a game. We're going to throw the football 10 yards downfield, and that's it because he can't throw the football downfield more than that. And we're going to let him do baby steps, and he's going to be the third or fourth most important thing we have on the team behind the defense, the running game, maybe special teams and Nick Folk, because you see what Nick Folk has done. He's made, what, 50 field goals in a row, under 50 yards? Uh, and then there's Mac Jones. So I'm going to de-emphasize the quarterback, and I'm going to win, and I'm going to go and see you in the Super Bowl. And look where they are right now. Number one seed in the AFC as a result of this. This is where they are. This is just like Shaq versus Kobe. It was it was Shaq and Tom Brady, the short view, because they didn't have as much time left. And here's Belichick and Kobe with the longer view. More time left in the game than they do. And this is how it's playing out. Believe me, they are still fighting each other from 1,500 miles away. And if we get if we get Patriots and, and Bucks in the Super Bowl, first of all, I'll know the NFL is fixed because, I mean, come on, we're really going to get that? But if we get that, can you imagine what the storylines are going to be like? And, how, and, and do you b- believe it's going to be Belichick and stop Brady? Can Brady get over on Belichick? I mean, that, that's going to be the Super Bowl that, that – forget about 100 million people watching on – there's going to be 200 million people watch on TV. Brady versus Belichick, this battle is still there. It is still being fought. In fact, it is more severe than it was a year ago because the Patriots decided to not fight last year. And it was all Brady and because the Patriots knew we're not going to compete. Tom's going to a team ready-made to win, so we're just going to kind of hang and make this a gap year. We're going to save money, go spend money on free agents, and then we're coming after you in 2021. And look where they are. They spent all that money, and they're the number one seed in the AFC. And don't forget, I told you at the beginning of the season, 
The Patriots would be in the AFC Championship game because they were going to do exactly this. They were going to make that team how they wanted to do it, and the quarterback was going to be, when, when they got Mac Jones, he's going to do exactly what we need him to do. It's going to be like the early days of our dynasty when we didn't ask Tom Brady to do much. In fact, you're asking Mac Jones to do less than Tom Brady in the beginning of the dynasty because there's at least games where Tom Brady pulled out you know, in one game. People forget he won the Super Bowl with a final game-winning drive. Mac Jones has not done that yet. And so Brady is still playing better than Mac Jones is. But this is how this is how Belichick envisioned it, and this is how it's going for him. Well, you know what? you got to have your vision board. I like the way you set that all up. I mean, you know, you, you might as well have had Tom release a rap video saying, hey, Bill, tell me how my – and I'll leave you all to finish that off if you remember the – the last couple of words of that line. Uh, and look, the circumstances for today's game allowed them to not have to turn to Mac Jones at all. The fact that they threw the ball in the fourth quarter, uh, they got all excited. Joe Buck showed up as part of the Manning broadcast, and they're like, thanks, Joe. They're throwing the ball now that you're here. Where were you? Because um, they want to analyze quarterback play, of course, <laughs> and handing off. Uh, and that technique, I guess, only – goes so far uh, but they're not going to be able to simulate the JLo video effects to get the hair blowing uh, and 35 mile an hour winds every week right to where uh, this theory would be tested this is an outlier this is a fun experiment you win a grind out game and you punch your division rival in the throat you also uh, are undefeated in division which is a nice coup and again you, the Jets are on, on the board but they, they are what they are um Look, we, we talked about the, the way the squad was being built, right? Defensively, you had all those guys opt out last year, many back, and then you bring in reinforcements. You look at the tight end position and, and just reforming your squad, right? Even if Brady made less money, that was still a bunch coming off the books, especially when you look at you paid Cam Newton nothing last year, and then you bring in Mac Jones and the way quarterback money is for rookies, you're paying him nothing this year. So it works out nicely to redeploy uh, said assets. Just wait until next year when the salary cap jumps a bunch as is anticipated. So uh, even more potential for chaos. But I, I like that it's the, the struggle as you set it up, that it's the never-ending battle that all consumes uh, Bill Belichick as if he's Quint in Jaws or – you know, going going after Moby Dick, whatever whatever you want to do, that it's an obsession. Like, guy just wants to win. I don't know that it's all funneled back into. There's a picture of Tom Brady on his wall that he occasionally. Hey, we got to replace the frame. Did you punch it out again? Did you punch it out again, Bill? Are you having another one of those nightmares because of of what was? I I, I don't know. May, may, and maybe there's something to it. Uh, the delicate genius of it all. But Josh McDaniels in calling strong games and and knowing what's available. And and here because you had such early success running the football, why would you go away from it? Right, I have no doubt that that was the game plan. We're going to run the ball uh, quite a bit, but I would have expected more of Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, not as blockers. But let me just throw this out because he, here's, here's a situation where I'll tell you this is how Belichick wanted to win the game, right? Let's go back to the possession that gave New England the field goal that gave them the 14-10 lead. Okay. They run again. They're running the. They hadn't thrown the football the entire second half. Right. This is still when they mm-hmm. had one pass attempt. Right. They had one pass attempt. They drove downfield and they had first and ten at the Buffalo eleven yard line. All right. 
They run the football up the middle and lose three yards, right? Now you're on the 14-yard line. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, are you still going to run the football? We're going to run the football again on second and 13. Okay, uh, you lose five yards on that. Now it's third and 18, and you run the football again. I mean, that's your time. First and 10 at the 11, when you're trying to get in the end zone, this is your time to finally say, okay, now we'll show them something and throw the football because we're 11 yards away from a touchdown. Because clearly, neither team was getting close to the end zone. Look, the, the wind was really bad. Neither team could get up and down the field. We saw how it was swirling the entire night. I mean, that's why we had a game like this. And that's the time to say, all right, he can throw the football 10 yards, right? We're not asking Matt Jones, hey, hey throw it 40 yards downfield and watch that ball just flutter all through the air. No, you're at the 11-yard line, and still they didn't throw the football. Still they didn't throw the football, and and they ran the football on those three plays. There's a couple of times where it screamed of, hey, trying to throw the football here might really work for you and might might really help us get yards get in the end zone, and they still didn't do it. And I don't know why they threw those two passes they did in the middle of the fourth quarter. Unless, unless, now follow me here, because this is getting kind of deep, Mike Harmon. This is getting kind of deep, right? So you knew... Deep in the overthinking. Keep going. (laughs) This is is deep, but it's not overthinking. This is Belichick knowing, well, after the game, if we throw the football once, they're going to say, ah, did you throw the football once? But if we throw the football twice here and don't get a first down and potentially put the game at risk, you know, at, after the game, all everybody can say, the reporters, the insiders, people on TV and the radio can go, you don't know why they tried to throw the football in those two plays. Are you running the football? So what are they doing trying to throw the football? Belichick had the great game plan. Yeah, really, you didn't need to throw the football. And again, more de-emphasizing of the quarterback. We throw the football twice right here and don't get a first down of it. People are going to say, what are you doing? And we don't need to talk about the quarterback anymore. I, I get that's deep, but just think about that. They throw the football two plays in a row, and that's it. And at that point, too, really, all of this, look, it was it was a great game plan because it's the way Belichick likes to win. Stick it to Tom Brady was part of it. I'm a genius was part of it. But because of the weather, he was able to pull this off. You love that, don't you? I, I th- it's ma- it's that. making my head hurt. You is, love is really, that. Is really what it comes that. back to, right, is the, look, the second down pass play made no sense. Right, nice easy route in theory. Nice play by the Buffalo defender, but you thought you'd get a quick six, seven yard pickup and, and keep the chains moving. I, I just think you're, you're trying to add more layers of uh, subterfuge and and Machiavellian planning for Bill Belichick than there really is. Like. You're in close quarters. You haven't thrown the ball yet. All right, Mac, let's throw it into a tight space against the team that is right with us, a top-scoring defenses in the National Football League. They can just run the football. <laughs> Take your points in, in a game where you know the points are going to be uh, so meaningful, right, as evidenced by the bass miss field goal uh, from what has been an automatic spot for him. So I, I love your theories and, and trying to get deep inside the mind and heart of Bill Belichick. And yes, as one of the uh, our, our listeners wrote, uh, yes, I, I misspoke. I forget about the the Dolphins' victory back in Week One. You know the game they should have won when Damian Harris fumbled the ball uh, and took away what should have been a chip shot field goal to end it. Uh, that's fine. That, that that seems a lifetime ago. But with the Dolphins surging, well, that game actually means something now. Uh, but for the Patriots. Look, eight and four, you move forward. Are they sexy? No, they don't have to be. And Mac Jones, because everybody, you just don't like that he's getting good press and they're winning. 
when your quarterback. I don't uh, mind that he's getting good no. press because he's played okay, but he's not no. been unbelievably great. There are there are there are a score of quarterbacks who could be doing exactly this because Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels brought the right guy into the right system at the right time. There's lots of guys you can win like this. He's not reinventing the wheel. They're not winning because of him. There's many quarterbacks who you can put here and say, do what Mac Jones did, and the Patriots record would be eight and four. Maybe it would be even more because earlier on in the season, you know, other quarterbacks could actually throw the football more than 15 yards down the field. In some games the Patriots lost, they might have been able to win if they had a quarterback who was more dynamic. Mac Jones has been good. He's been good enough. He's been the best rookie quarterback, clearly because his team has won the most games. But this is not like he's having a rookie season that he's breaking all passing records sure. for. You know, no one, no one talked like, like this about Justin Herbert last year when he had the best rookie season a quarterback's had since Peyton Manning, and it was even better than Peyton Manning. Ah, Justin Herbert, yeah, 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 yeah. But Mac Jones, oh, my God, Mac Jones. This is a perfect game. He threw for 190 yards and three touchdowns. What a bit. This was his superstar game. He threw for 190 yards. Yes, he threw three touchdowns, but you can throw three touchdowns from five yards away. He threw for 190 yards. How is this as big? I'm a superstar game. The desire to give Mac Jones more publicity than he gets is just out of this world, over the top. And, you know, maybe Belichick stopped that for a little bit here. Hey, I'm right, right, but think, it, stop Mac Jones. Right, you but think it's Mac setting Jones up the supervillain again. We could have just we could have just snapped the football to Stevenson the entire night and still won the game. Okay, I could have gone single wing wildcat the entire four quarters. We would have done it. All right, just stop with all the Mac Jones stuff. Okay, just stop now, now I got to tell our executive <laughs> producer Justin Frostberg to cover his ears for a second. Um, as good as Justin Herbert is, nobody cares about the Chargers. Sorry. Uh, the rebuilding of the Patriots one year removed from Tom Brady's removal and arrival to a Super Bowl win in Tampa is a far more entertaining story, right? You just set it all up. Think about Super Bowl week here in L.A. with that going on with Tampa and New England. Sure, New England fans will not have seen two bad seasons in a row uh, for the lifetime of most of the people that are called fans uh, there in New England. But the fact of the matter is, you know, it's it's a much better narrative of the resurgence, the renewal, all of those things uh, about Bill Belichick, Mac Jones. And for Justin Herbert, I, I th- seem to remember, at least we talked about him a lot, and maybe it was our our locale here in Southern California, but the, the year he had last year, especially the way he came in, it's like you got 10 minutes notice. Hey, this guy's got a uh, – took a needle – that punctured a lung, go play football. Okay, because you know damn well, he, with Anthony Lynn there, he was never seeing the field so long as Terod Taylor was healthy. We know this. We watched it. And then he goes out and has a magnificent season. So we, we appreciated it. We celebrated it. With great regularity, not For like the this nationwide though. audience. Not, no. No, no, no. Yeah, Mac but, no, Mac Jones. No, oh but have, God, but no, 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 no. Again, you're you're giving credence to a bunch of bloviating idiots. That's all everybody says about you. Can't turn on. But your this TV is our contained in our four hours. Mac Jones is. Oh my God, Mac Jones has been okay. Okay, Mac Jones has been okay. That's why we are the the bastions of hope. This and, is why nobody said anything about tellers. Trent Dilfer in 2000. Oh, Trent Dilfer is so good. Oh, my God. He's amazing. Look at what he's doing with his Ravens team. Oh, my God. Trent Dilfer is amazing. No, nobody said that. <laughs> 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After the game, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, uh, two defensive backs on the Bills, both very good, uh, didn't like a line of questioning that they were asked about the run game. Because when a team throws the football three times in a game, you know the team is going to run the football on every play, and you still couldn't stop them. It's embarrassing. It's the Bills' own version of Spygate, except instead of dominating teams like the Patriots did, they wound up losing. You knew the Patriots were going to run the football every single play, right? They threw the ball three bleeping times in the entire night. Every other play was a run. Yes, the Patriots did some things 
things. They brought an extra offensive lineman. They did that. But they threw the ball three times. They ran it 46 times. And the Patriots were able to hold on to time of possession, were able to get enough points to win the game. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing as all hell for the Bills to lose a game like this. I get I get you're mad. And they were mad after the game. First, I want you to hear something. I want you to hear, here's Poyer and Micah Hyde asked after the game. So, Tysha, we're going to roll with the first one from tonight. When they were asked about the Bills' run defense and were they embarrassed about the effort tonight? Because, look, it was embarrassing, this kind of game. And right away, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde get really pissed off at that questioning. I mean, what kind of Boy, question? What are we doing, bro? Hey. What kind of question is that? It's a question. <laughs> the nation's going to be criticizing you uh, uh, I think we keep, I think we keep keep that, keep, uh, seven points yeah we, 14, uh, four, 14, to, 14 14 to 10 is that the final score we made stops when we had to they had one big run I mean they got good backs they yeah. All right. um, they kept coming back to a couple runs I mean I don't know how you want us to answer that question that's funny well I will remember that I'll remember that all right, so they're, they're mad, right? Jordan Poirier is mad. Oh, I'll remember that question. First of all, that was not a bad line of questioning. Nothing was asked outside the realm of the game. It was, dude, you guys got embarrassed, man. You knew they were going to run the football every play, and you still lost the game, and you gave up 226 yards on the ground. Never mind for a second that the Bills are ba- – that they're basically saying it's the offense's fault. How can you blame us? What, we get up seven, 14 points they got? Look, they made a couple – we made stops. We did it. Oh, so it's not your fault. It's the offense. Yes, the offense had a bad night, but you know what? Everybody on the Bills had a bad night. You guys had a bad night, too, because you were part of that defense that gave up all those yards and lost a game when you knew they were running the football on every play. You got to own this loss. And no, 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 they were mad about it. And now here's Micah Hyde walking off because the Bills' DBs got a little upset, didn't want to answer any more questions. Here's Hyde walking off, talking to the reporter. This, this goes in this respect. It's all about respect. I come here every single week and I answer your questions. Truthfully, honestly, I appreciate you guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. In my day... Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. What did they ask? Man, dude, you're, so, you're such a sore loser. You're such a sore loser. Be a pro. Be a pro and answer the questions. Okay? Be a pro. This is what everybody gets. Nobody likes to talk after they lose a game. You lost a game. I get it's embarrassing. But you know what? Be a pro. And the reason I, 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 I talk about this, and this is not just, hey, these guys were sore losers. Let me now take you back to when things were great for the Bills, right? Middle of November, hey, things are good. Everybody's talking about us. We're a Super Bowl team. Things are awesome. We just played the Jets. Mike White threw four interceptions. And after the game, oh, the Bills DBs, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, had no problem making fun of Mike White as they were asked about, hey, did you know, Jordan Poyer, you were the only guy without a turnover in this Bills secondary uh, in this game against the Jets? And here's how they talked about it. Jordan, when you had the interception, did you realize that all five of you could then force some sort hey, of... Get yeah, that boy knew. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, knew I, was, I knew I was the only one that didn't have one yet, so I had to figure out a way to go get one. Thank you, Mike White, for giving us five. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks, Mike White. Yeah, yeah, because we won. We won this game going away. So here, we're laughing. I'm talking smack, and I'm making fun of you. Okay, if you want to talk like that, great. I mean, that's awesome, right? You want to talk like that, that's great. But it goes both ways. And if you're going to talk like that when you win and you want to embarrass a guy, then you sit in front of the media and you talk about when you get embarrassed. I'm not saying what you have to say, you don't have to say, but you got to be professionals, right? Because it goes both ways there. You want to laugh at Mike White. Thanks, Mike White. Yeah because we're great oh but now we lost this is unfair to us and you're asking us questions about losing a game oh be fair oh my it's so embarrassing because when i hear that from the bills dbs you know what i think of their team overall where's their leadership where is anything where the bills are a team that is just floundering right now they can't run the football they can't figure things out sean mcdermott had rings coached around him tonight by bill belichick and, and and the rest of the patriots they weren't ready for anything that was going on in this game they weren't ready for the weather they weren't ready for the patriots and they couldn't adjust okay this is a this is a big deal and i wonder where's that bill's leadership from because clearly you're not getting it from your dbs guys have been around the league a while uh so i when i see that i go boy this is a microcosm of how fragile things are in Buffalo right now. You lost a game, you got embarrassed, and now I'm going to be mad at the reporters for having the audacity to ask me a question about the game. What are they going to say? Hey, boy, you guys played great tonight, man. Boy, you limited them to 19 yards through the air. How did you do that? I mean, what do you expect them to say? Right? And then they want to turn it around like, like it's their fault. If you're going to yap, when you make plays, oh, thank you, Mike White. If you're going to do that, then you got to talk here. And now all they did was show we're sore losers and, and we're, we're not professionals. We're going to get mad at the media for what's going on. Uh, this, this, this is the Buffalo Bills. This is what happened tonight. Yeah, as we've been watching this unfold, uh, one, I'm, embar- I'm embarrassed for Twitter because we usually climb on things and, and make something trend. Uh, and the word embarrassed should be trending. Because I don't know that I've ever seen a word used unanimously to describe the effort of a defense or offense or a coaching effort. Well, maybe Matt Nagy a little bit, uh, maybe Robert Sala on occasion. Uh, But this was all in all from ex-football players to a bunch of current players to folks in the media just going, they're just being embarrassed and pushed around all night long. And, And the setup with the question was, you know, it's been over 40 years and it was kind of muffled, so you didn't hear it there. Uh, but it ended. It, it's been 40 years, you know, the two completions. And is, isn't that embarrassing, basically, how he threw it up and just lobbed it for them to take it in whatever direction they wanted. Uh, and they get upset about it. And look, they, they're frustrated. I like the laugh tracker. Oh, no, those were media members <laughs> in the other one, right? No, because those were all media members, right? So yucking it up with them uh, to where it sounded like a 70s sitcom. Wait, did we, did we hit our mark right? No, 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 no. Did you not see the laugh Button got pressed and it was blinking, which means you're supposed to really give us your your best belly laugh uh, on this. Uh, for the Bills, what's interesting, you, you go back to they started the season right. You have the, the loss to Pittsburgh. They win four straight. That fourth win in that streak was against Kansas City. And then they've gone win-loss, win-loss, win-loss all the way through to this point. So in theory, they should win on the road at Tampa, shouldn't they? Yeah, that's in theory. In uh, theory. Because now, now, now the rubber hits the road. But to your point, leadership, like by all accounts, these guys are normally really good guys with the media. And, and why this really struck a nerve. I mean, you want to talk about uh, why not give some credit to the defensive backs of the Patriots who batted down 
some balls that were, were pretty good throws. I mean, as Belichick said in, in the clip that we heard earlier uh, about Josh Allen, he, he threw some balls on the money. Got, either got a hand in or you had a drop. Right, Dawson Knox, a couple of balls that maybe he he can fight through a little more. I, I, again, you, now you start to question effort, which is a dangerous thing to do at all. But, you know, all the reporter really needed to do was just say 217, 5.7 yards per carry. How does that happen? Well, he, no, but you know, you know it's, <laughs> here's the other part of it. No, because, look, I, I get that, you know, that. That's a trigger word, right? Embarrassing. Sure. I understand that. Is this the first press conference Micah Hyde and Jordan Porter have ever had? Is this the first time? They Probably the first they're, they're that they'd ever been asked if they'd been, they were embarrassed by the right. But but you you you've been around them. You you've sure. gotten questions for a long time. You can easily find a way to blow this off, right? You can easily find a way to say, you know what, I, I'm not embarrassed. We lost. Give them credit. Jordan Poor is 30 years old. He's been in the league for a long time, right? Hide the same way. They've been in the league a long time. They know they don't have to take the bait if they don't want to. No, but they that's get, the thing okay. is that they answer the question. I think the right way. And again, this is me saying right or wrong, but it's like they answer with that, right? This is what we gave up. And then they get mad about it. It's like, I, I don't know what more we can do. We, we held the team to, to 14 points. Those are winnable games in the NFL. That's it. And unfortunately, that then becomes throwing the uh, lobbing the the grenade yeah, so now over it's the offense's offense. fault. Right now it's the offense's fault. Look, it was a bad game by the Bills all around. You got dominated in the game in which the other team threw the football three times. I mean, there's a reason why it's a big deal because we go back to the last time this happened was 1974. Okay, yeah. 1974. And Joe Namath was in the game. <laughs> and O.J. Simpson. You gave up 220 on the ground. It was enough to lose. Did the offense play well? No, they did not. But this is not, hey, we were great and the offense wasn't. If this if this is a game where the Patriots won 14-10 and Matt Jones threw for 150 yards and the Patriots ran for 110 or 120, whatever, th- then I understand, hey, okay, look, we did our job, right? We kept them to 14 points and Matt Jones threw for 150 and they ran for 120. They didn't really do a lot. You know? But this is a game where you knew the plays that were coming. Okay, that's the whole thing. You knew they were going to run the football. You knew every play was going to be a run. You knew every play they were going to run the football. And you know what the Patriots did? They held the football for five minutes longer than you did. You couldn't get the football back enough, even though you knew every play was a run. How many teams in the NFL are saying right now, man, if I knew if every play was a run, uh, I don't care what kind of uh, formation they put out there. We're going to find a way to stop them. And they couldn't stop them. They couldn't. They got completely outcoached, and Sean McDermott got completely outcoached. I didn't think anybody could get outcoached worse than Robert Sala and the Jets yesterday when they admitted after the game, we didn't plan for Gardner Minshew. What do you mean you didn't plan for Gardner Minshew? Nick Sirianni said on Monday, Jalen yeah. Hurts may not play. Was a long so shot, yes. You, you prepare for both guys. No, 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 no. We did. How do you not do I mean, this is what I mean when I say Robert Sala, I, I don't know if he can make it as an NFL head coach. I really don't. We didn't prepare for Gardner. And then to say something like like when he said, uh, uh, hey, they run the same kind of offense anyway. Oh, my God, really? Anybody who's watched the NFL for five <laughs> minutes knows Jalen Hurts runs the football way more than he throws it. Come on, man, seriously? I think throwing the football, Jalen Hurts has been worth minus fantasy points in the last five weeks, but incredibly high number for running it. You really tell me, Gart, that was the same way? 
this is what I mean when I say, boy, I don't know about Robert Sala. I don't know that he can make it. I don't know that he's up to it. But tonight, this is even better than that. I mean, you saw Sean McDermott and the Bills have no answer. And after the game, McDermott talking about the weather like it was just a minor annoyance, like it was a gnat flying around. Ah, you know, this this weather thing. Yeah, kind of. No, this was the game. This is, this is Bill Belichick game planning for you and the weather, knowing when the wind is going to be swirling like this. This is what we're going to do. And the Bills trying to, to resolve – resolve it with, well, let, let's try to do what we do anyway, despite the fact it's windy, and this is the result. Look, there's a reason why Belichick's the best head coach in the NFL. I get that, but boy, to be outcoached on that level when you have this much talent and you're at home and you still don't realize we have to adjust to try to win this game and, 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 and we can't just do what we normally do and try to just do a little bit more than the other team, I mean, really, I, uh, Robert Sala yesterday, that was embarrassing. This is just as embarrassing. And the fact they wouldn't even admit it after the game, boy, they really took it to us. I mean, I got to think in, in, in private they're saying that to themselves. Hey, sure, boy, we really got out, Coach, man. This is real. But to sit here and downplay it, this is what I mean when I say the Bills, I don't know about them. And I don't know that they have that leadership. When things go well for them, the Bills are great, right? Look, th- this whole thing with, with Porter and Micah Hyde is a great example of that. When the Bills win games, when they get out big and they score points and they win, when they're front runners, they're great, man. They win games 35 nothing and 43-21 and 40 to nothing and 38-20. But when you have to play games and it's 34-31 and it's 9-6 and when you get punched in the mouth like you did against the Colts and it's a game like tonight, but the, the Bills just have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to go. They, they are the definition of a front-running team, that when things are going well, the Bills are great. But the minute they hit a little bit of adversity, look what happens. I mean, I'm giving you the final scores of their games right there. They, every game they've won, they've blown teams out, right? And when everything is working well for us, we're not falling behind in the game. But the games that are close and the games that are against good teams, they wind up losing. And that's about leadership and not finding a way to grind out a game or finding a way to adjust. The Bills are the biggest front runners in the NFL. Yeah, I think it just comes comes back to behind closed doors, you're going to rue that you got run over. It's what we've been talking about with the Rams leading up to this Jaguars game, right? Three straight games where they just got punched in the mouth repeatedly and looked soft. Right, even on that defensive front, the highly touted, you know, defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. I mean, you got to value it as going. I, he's been invisible for weeks, and obviously, we saw the pick sixes and everything that rolled up, and Kelly Stafford getting mad at Fred Rogan and Petros Papadakis here locally for a show they do, uh, and making fun of them and trying to fight back, you know, after throwing a pretzel at somebody. Uh, but the the fact is that you you got beat up, and you just have to own it. Right. This was a game you were still in because I, I think that's where the the genesis of the are you embarrassed? Like we lost 14 10. So I understand the incredulity of it all. But then you still have to pause and just say, you know what? We couldn't get off the field. We couldn't get a stop. And it was a winnable game for McDermott talking about the weather. It's like, yeah, you're not going to make the weather an excuse. Hell, you actually got gifted three points when they called that phantom, you know, unnecessary roughness penalty along the sideline. So, uh, and then Bass misses what is a chip shot field goal to start the fourth quarter. Could have changed the complexion of things. Instead, here we have it. Bill Belichick, super genius and living in your head. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us now on the hotline to help us break down everything in the National Football League, a man 
who still, even though they've played another game since then, has just written 15,000 words on Syracuse's double overtime win over Indiana last week. Oh, boy. It is CBS Sports NFL insider Jason Lockenfour. What's happening, Jay? What's going on, gentlemen? Jay, yeah, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm don't... sorry. I was watching, I was watching the Aqib Talib sign off on the uh, Manning cast, and I got a little distracted. Oh, no, that's okay. But how I, could I, you I not? you know. You didn't miss another forward pass. So if you thought no. you missed a forward pass, you, you didn't get one. Don't worry about you it. You know what, though? I, I, I appreciate this for what it is. And nobody, nobody in the history of mankind appreciates this for more than what it is than Bill Belichick. I mean, this is probably, like, his dreamscape, except the only thing that could be better is if it was on, like, Christmas Eve or, like, in the playoffs or something. But this is, I mean... You're watching this, you know, and you're seeing what he's doing. And you're thinking, he tolerated, and I'm using tolerated in air quotes, but, like, he tolerated Tom Brady being the best quarterback in the history of the world for 20 years because he had to. But, like, if he really, really, really had his druthers, right, like if you really gave him truth serum, he'd rather win 11 to 10 running the ball 57 times and holding you to 2.3 yards per play on, you know, his defense. Like, that's who he is. Like, that's absolutely positively who he is. He would like to play rugby, suffocate you, shove it down your throat with his run game, and just completely stymie your offense. Like, that's, he, that's a perfect day yeah, for and Bill Walchick. And stick it to Brady in the process. You thought Tom was the guy winning Super Bowls. Let me show you who's winning Super Bowls here. I guarantee you if he wins this game and you gave him that shot of truth serum, you said, hey, what's your biggest regret about this game? He would say, I wish we didn't throw the football that one time. I wish I, I wish I didn't have Matt throw that ball. I wish we could we just ran every single play and not have the quarterback throw. Well, he, I was saying, that would be his dreamscape. I mean, his dreamscape would be like, uh, fellas, we ran uh, – we ran 62 plays today, and uh, 61 were running plays, and we averaged uh, 5.2 per carry, and uh, we we gave up no explosive plays, and we sacked the quarterback four times, and like yeah, that's I mean, this this is his world. We're just living in it. His opportunity for the history lesson to us all. Jason, you're out there in Baltimore. Uh, what was the reaction to the two-point conversion? And how's your backpedal? Can you play any kind of cornerback or safety yeah. position? No, I can't play. I, I, yeah, I play, <laughs> I play nothing. I talk and write for a living, and I get fatter by the day. Um, you and me both, my friend. Yeah, you and me both. I, yeah look, uh, the two-point conversions kind of really neither here nor there. I mean, it was a decent call, and there was an opportunity there, and Lamar couldn't get the ball around Watt into Andrews' hands. Um, but the Steelers had run, I think, 24 plays for 188 yards in the fourth quarter, like as well as as, as great as the Ravens' defense played for three quarters of that game. They were falling apart in the fourth quarter, and they are one of the worst fourth-quarter defenses in the NFL, even though they're the best red zone defense and the best third-down defense. And mm-hmm. There's a lot of metrics. They're the, one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. They're not a good fourth-quarter defense because they don't produce big plays, they don't produce sacks, and they don't turn people over. Um, so I, I totally get it. And I think most 
reasonable Ravens fans get why they went for it on the road with a chance to go two games up on Cincinnati when they're running out of corners because, you know, Marlon Humphrey's now hurt now and, and you know, they, they, they've been decimated at that position all season long. And, like, the other team has had the ball the entire fourth quarter, and it's probably not our day, but maybe we'll steal this one. Like we stole the Lions game, like we stole the Bears game, you know, like they stole the Vikings game. Like they're, they're, this has been going on all season long. Um, but they're a very flawed football team, very flawed. I mean, they've got a minus eight turnover differential. No bueno. They've allowed two more touchdowns than they've scored, which is uh, – 10th best in the AFC, no bueno. Uh, they've been held to 19 points or less in five of the last six games, no bueno. They have seven plays over 25 yards in their last seven games. Uh, meanwhile, they've allowed the third most plays over 25 yards in the NFL all year, no bueno. Um, is this really sustainable? You know, is this is this really is this the hallmarks of a good team, or is this the hallmarks of of a team that plays above its weight class, that punches really really hard till the end, that plays well for its coach, but eh, is really not that good when you factor in the injuries. And they're one and two in the division. They're five and four in the AFC. They're three and three in their last six games after that five game winning streak. And they still have to play at the Browns, the Packers, the Rams, uh, at the Bengals, and the Steelers. Good luck. Jason Lock and Four with us, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. All right, so to get outside of that, we get to a team hot in the AFC that still is struggling but still wins games. The Chiefs win last night. The mm-hmm. offense doesn't look good again. No. The defense is looking better. Are you believing in the Chiefs? Do they still have problems? Because every week I go, yeah, they won, but boy, I'm not really, I'm not really thinking they yeah. turn the corner. No, they're, they're nothing special. I mean, look, they're, they're like most of the teams in this league. I mean, are the Chiefs better than the Bengals? No. I mean, they might end up winning a game more than the Bengals, or they might be end up tied with the Bengals, but I, I don't think there's a market difference. I mean. Are the Chiefs markedly better than the Ravens? I mean, they're probably they're better than the Ravens, I guess, but I don't know about markedly. And here's the reality for Patrick Mahomes: I think the last four weeks he's averaging 218 passing yards and .4 passing touchdowns per game, which means less than half of one passing touchdown per game. And I think there's a lot of similarities between. The Ravens and the Chiefs. Lamar Jackson's forcing everything to Mark Andrews. Patrick Mahomes is forcing everything to Tyreek Hill, and it's getting picked off quite a bit. Um, both teams' run game is kind of hit or miss. Uh, offensive line play is, but the difference is um, the the defenses for both teams have stepped up the last few weeks, and. I'm not sure which one is more real than the other and what either defense is going to look like in January. But I do know that Chris Jones is a like he's a you can't really block him with two most of the time. And the Ravens don't have anybody like that 
on their front four. So, look, Kansas City's going to probably win that division. And Kansas City might be the one seed. I don't know. I mean, New England could be. Uh, it's very much a week-to-week league. But I would not write the Chiefs off whatsoever, especially once they stopped playing around with Chris Jones as the defensive end and got back to playing Chris Jones as a defensive tackle. Jason, let me circle back uh, towards you with uh, Washington suddenly, 6-6. Six and six. The Cowboys beat the, the Saints, but suddenly Taylor Heineke and, and these uh, the Washington football team back to 500, two of the next three against the Cowboys. Can they steal this division? I don't know about stealing the division, but they could get in the playoffs. I mean, the NFC is really, really watered down. I think there's fewer legit teams in the NFC than the AFC. The AFC has, by and large, kicked the NFC's ass in head-to-head play. Um, and I think there's the, the margin for error in the NFC is a little wider than the AFC. Uh, I think in the AFC, you can have a, you know, 10-17, and 10-7 and 7 team miss out. Uh, in the NFC, you might have two 8-9 and teams in. They're all so flawed. Um, I have to give full marks to Ron Rivera and company because I didn't see this coming. When Chase Young goes down, they look like a wounded team that was ready to lick their wounds and, you know, call it a day and play for 2022. And they've come and, and Sweat has been banged up as well, and they have just absolutely dominated people. I mean, just in, in terms of not, not the box score, but physicality. Like, they are winning games in the trenches in a way they haven't in a long time. And Antonio Gibson is a thing, and Heineke is a thing, and Jonathan Allen is a big, big thing. I mean, he is at another level. And, you know, I don't know how healthy Dallas will be for these games. I mean, they they better hope they're really, really healthy. I I think Dallas is still going to win this division, but – I also think Dallas is not a juggernaut, um, and Dallas has its vulnerabilities. And I wouldn't rule the Eagles out either. I mean, the Eagles should have beat the Giants last week, which would have really put them in in great stead right now. But, I mean, the Eagles gave up 264 yards to the Giants. They gave up 250 yards to the Jets. Uh, They're running for about 225 a game in the last nine weeks. Uh, They're going to get Jalen Hurts back. We got to see a little bit of Minshew and what that looks like. Um, they're they're a dangerous team, and they don't they don't have to get on a plane again the rest of the year. It's all train travel or home games, and it's a lot of games within the division, and a lot of teams that still have to come to Philadelphia. So that division is much more interesting two weeks from removed from Christmas than I ever thought it would have been. All right, now lastly, Jay, because listen, you talked about guys who become a thing and teams who become a thing. Uh, there's no bigger thing than the Lions. I mean, really, that's the biggest. I mean, that's the biggest thing is the Lions right now. Well, look, I'm glad they won. They should have won many games this year. Uh, the first meeting with the Vikings, they probably should have won. The game against the Ravens, they should have won. The game where they drew, you know, had to tie against the Steelers, they should have won. Um, so they they were overdue to win one, and the fact they had to move, you know, 85 yards or whatever down the field to do so with not much time left, um, more power to them. 
but with, with everything that happened, you know, in Oxford, Michigan, which is, you know, pretty close to Detroit, and with everything that team has had to deal with, I'll tell you this. Detroit has a lot more going for them right now than some other teams in this league. A lot more going for them than the Texans. A lot more going for them than the Jags. Maybe even, you know, more going for them than the Jets. So that's a low bar to clear, and I'm not telling you (laughs) that they're a juggernaut. But that team has punched above their weight class with more regularity than most of the dregs of the league. And for whatever that's worth, salute Dan Campbell. He's on Twitter at Jason Lock and Four. That is at Jason Lock and Four, CBS Sports NFL Insider. Jay, as always, buddy, appreciate it. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great week. See you, Jason. Right. Be good. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, some big stories out of college football tonight. First, we find out that the Heisman Trophy finalists have been named. Look, Bryce Young's going to win, right? I mean, look, it's great that Aiden Hutchinson got named. It's great C.J. Stroud is there, too. Uh, Bryce Young's going to win, all right, especially coming off of what he did last week. And, you know, you hear the promo that Doug Gottlieb has uh, running about how the Heisman Trophy, nobody cares about it like we cared about it when we were little. And I understand about that to a point, but I think it's a little bit more it's a little bit more of a of a latter year phenomenon about not about the Heisman Trophy not being as big a deal. Because clearly it's not as big a deal to the fans as it was. You're still seeing great players win that are going on to the NFL with great you know, Kyler Murray is still winning the Heisman Trophy. But what we like is when we like when something is kind of up for debate and suddenly Aiden Hutchinson is named a finalist, future jet Aiden Hutchinson, uh, is named a finalist. <laughs> He's had some great games the last couple of weeks. People got a chance to see him. He has no chance to win. And that's the real issue is that the reason the Heisman Trophy has become something that is just kind of out there is because the last time somebody won with less than 60% of the vote was Mark Ingram in 2009. Every year, it's a, it's a runaway. We know who's going to win. So is it really that big a deal? If you're talking about coming down to the end and we don't know and it's, it's a couple of guys, it could be anybody. But okay, great. But the last decade plus, we kind of know who's going to win. So when you know who's going to win, why is there that much interest? Like, I know Bryce Young is going to win. Nobody else is going to win the Heisman Trophy. He's going to do it. So is it a big deal when it's announced Saturday? Will I watch it? I don't know. Maybe I'll catch it. Maybe I'll watch it on my phone. Maybe I'll catch it after it on my phone. But, I mean, when you know how something's going to end, the inherent interest in it is not that great. So, I mean, yeah, I kind of get that's why. If you had big down to the wire, is it this guy, is it this guy, look at this performance, this performance, yeah, I get it. But but when the votes aren't even close and we know it's not close, yeah, it's hard to drum up a lot of interest in it. Yeah, we we need debates, we need arguments, and, you know, those big spotlight performances. Kenny Pickett, you know what his big spotlight is? The fake slide. And how that needs to be outlawed and the problematic nature thereof. Because, I mean, that's either a a unsportsmanlike conduct, or at least the ball's got to be dead uh, when those two defenders, you know, are so kind and pull up and don't blow him up. But to put it in perspective, FoxSports.com, uh, the betting odds are up there, right? Bryce Young is minus 5,000. 
which means if you bet ten dollars, <laughs> if you bet ten dollars, you win twenty cents. Well, I mean, that's that, twenty that more cents than I had yesterday. There no, that know. well, but I mean that's <laughs> the bottom line, though, right? <laughs> so I mean that would give you an extra twenty cents. So take the win and, and move forward, and then you try to figure out how to parlay that. Hutchinson is at plus two thousand. Uh, so you know, bet ten bucks, win two ten. Uh, C.J. Stroud at plus three thousand, Pickett at plus three thousand. So you know, your ten buck gets you three ten back. So you want to go long shot? That's fine. But you know, this is the kind of thing where there's enough polling, there's enough understanding of how the votes are flowing. Uh, this is while not perfect information, about as close as you're going to get. So now it's just a question of do you get back into uh, what is it sixty? 65%. Is it higher than that? You know, where where does Hutchinson rank? Does he get a lot of, you know, fourth place votes in this process? I know our, our guy, Steve Hartman, who has his vote, and it's the most important thing in his world. Uh, he was trying to get my input on it and as as to how to finish his top five. So curious to talk about him, talk, talk about that with him this next week. But yeah, it's when it's it's obvious, it's like, all right, shrug, move on. Who's drafting him? Right, that's the bigger issue related to the end of the college season. Where are guys going to get drafted rather than who's winning any awards? Yeah, and, and, and look, and if you had something that developed over the course of a season, if you had a back and forth, but we're also in, we're also immune to the big numbers that go up now. Guy, yes, guys throw for five or six touchdowns every week now. So you, you need that, hey, that close race here that has national implications. You just need a little bit more than just here's the best players. I mean, that's the easy one. you got to have a close vote. Have a close vote. We're back in business. When you don't, there you go. The fix is in. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 